Temperatures in the upper 50s. By Friday, the rain clears out. we got a good-looking weekend ahead. For Fox 49, I'm meteorologist Tom Schmidt. News analysis and opinion. It's the Elijah Har Show on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. That is some fun music. I am excited about our guest, Jonathan Miller. Welcome to the show. Great to be with you, Joel. Thanks for calling in. So, for those of you who don't know, Jonathan Miller is our best friend from Kentucky. He is a former (laughs) state treasurer of Kentucky. He's an author. He's an attorney. He's a poker player, a famous, world-famous, world-champion poker player. And uh, he has, you know, he's got 20 minutes today, 15 minutes to spend with us to break down the election last night in Kentucky. How are you today? I'm tired. Uh, we were up late, and uh, I had to do a morning show this morning. But uh, it's, hey, it's the day after the election, and uh, my candidate won. So oh, that is be too, very exciting. Be so you were an advisor on the campaign, is that correct? Um, I, um, yeah, I'm a, a, a supporter, and uh, have um, been. I I, uh, I ran against uh, Andy Bashir's father in, in 2007 for governor, and and. Uh, I realized that uh, the people of Kentucky did not want me to be governor, so I I dropped out and, and uh, endorsed uh, uh, Steve this year for um, for the, the race, and it, it helped push him over the finish line. And, and uh, he then asked me to serve in his administration. So I'm I'm very close to the the family and to the governor, and uh, just was you know really thrilled to to see a big victory yesterday. Yeah, that is really exciting. Um, so you were the were you the finance secretary of finance under the former governor? Correct. Okay. And so tell me a little bit about the difference between Steve and the son, Andy, who won last night. Well, you know, uh, Steve Bashir uh, grew up in Dawson Springs, uh, um, population uh, about a thousand in far western Kentucky. He was the he, he, the son of a, of a preacher and grandson of a preacher and, and uh um, kind of a, a, a very folksy background, uh, uh, and um, he, um, you know, really was c- connected to, uh, the, to the grassroots and rural areas of the state. Um, he, he moved to Lexington to raise uh, uh Andy was born in, in Lexington, big city, and, and, uh, and lives in Louisville for, for most of his adult life, and uh, so more of a of a, a, a city mouse as opposed to a country mouse. Um, uh, I think when he first started off with the camp, uh, when he ran for attorney general, there was a lot of concern about him, you know, not connecting to the voters the way that um, uh, his dad did. But uh, boy, that, that sure changed when he became governor and, and, uh, and went through, uh, led the state through COVID and, and uh, terrible flooding in Eastern Kentucky and terrible tornadoes in Western Kentucky. And, and, uh, really connected. I mean, we, we are a red state. We're a Republican state. Uh, every other candidate on the, on the ballot, uh, last night, one, uh, Republican won by anywhere from 16 to 22 points. But, uh, uh, Bashir connected very personally with the voters and, and, uh, they gave him, you know, a, a very solid six point victory, which is uh, pretty remarkable for a Democrat in, in a red state. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. I have my own opinions, but considering I don't live in Kentucky, my opinion may not 
may not be any of any use at all. But why do you think in a state like Kentucky that's red, Trump won by what thirty points or something? You know, why do you think that they uh, reelected a, Demo- a Democrat governor? Well, you know, in, in many sense, Andy's Bashir is is a unicorn. Um, he um, he was the son of a popular governor. Um, uh, Steve Bashir was governor at a time where where the, the state was competitive. The Democrats had, had held the, the governor's mansion most most often than not. Uh, uh, certainly before the the uh, the Trump uh, MAGA takeover of of, of Kentucky politics, um, and. Uh, and so had came into it with uh, great name recognition, great uh, family uh, uh, support. He, he won his uh, um, his first election by the narrowest of margins, by 5,000 votes, against a, a really unpopular Republican governor who uh, just kept shooting himself in the foot and, and just was very unlikable. And, and uh, uh, so Andy was able to claw out uh, kind of a surprising victory and, and uh, just uh, did everything that... Uh, uh, you would uh, hope an incumbent did use all the power of his incumbency to uh, uh, to bring in jobs and economic development and to deal with all of these uh, uh, natural crises and and uh, really just kind of overcame the sense of of, of partisanship that uh, you know people went to the polls they they pushed the Republican ticket for everything else but uh, said you know I like this guy and I, I know him I saw him every night during COVID and uh, connected with him and uh, I'm you know I'm gonna give him a second chance. How much do you think that the pretty sobering abortion ad that he ran with the young lady, um, how much do you think that played into it? I think it really helped. Um, I, you know, if you look at the at uh, where he won, um, he uh, he won uh, the cities uh, by just overwhelming margins, Lexington and Louisville, the two big cities that got more than 70% of the vote. Uh, but the key, uh, the key uh, um, aspect of his victories were the suburban areas uh, outside of Lexington and Louisville um, counties. Uh, you know, when, when Trump uh, ran for president last time, he won 118 of the 120 counties. The only two counties he lost were Lexington and Louisville's counties. Uh, but uh, Andy won 30 counties, and, and most of these were the suburban counties, uh, university counties, uh, and, and uh, in those areas, uh, a lot of suburban moms who uh, uh, d- did not like Daniel's position on uh, on abortion. And, and, and you know, I, I think that Kentucky certainly is a pro-life state for, for the most part, um, but is opposed to uh, no exceptions. And, and Daniel just really never came off that no exceptions uh and that that uh, that ad certainly hammered it home in a very personal way. Yeah, it was it was a pretty intense ad for people that haven't seen it. Um, you know, I really did not think that overall last night's results were about abortion. Um, but I do feel like that may and you know, with him being an incumbent, um, I think it may have may have played a role. Um, what do you think Andy's future is like in politics is he looking to a national uh make a national jump at some point i think there is no doubt that uh, uh that uh, once the the biden era era is over and whether that is uh 2028 or if, if for some reason he doesn't run uh this time uh, that andy will be at the top of, uh, of a lot of lists uh, particularly on the vice presidential side you know if if we Nom, if we, the Democrats, nominate a uh, a woman or a person of color or a woman of color, 
um, uh, Andy Bashir becomes a, a great uh, a great balance and ticket of a, a Southern governor who's won twice in a, in a deep red state. Uh, uh, and, and then ultimately, you know, I, I, again, his his track record, the way he's been able to handle things, and, and the way he, you know, stuck true to Democratic issues. I mean, he's solidly pro-choice. He uh, he uh, he is committed to LGBT issues, and, and uh, you know, those are are daring issues here in Kentucky because those are quite you know unpopular positions to many. Uh, I, I think really positions him to to be uh, in the conversation. This is not someone who's really going to rise to the top soon. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, the fact that he's only 45 is really making me wonder what I've done with my life. Um, yeah, I feel really old. Yeah. But, um, you know, you alluded to this. You said if by some chance Biden doesn't run, what do you think is the likelihood of that? I know you spend some time in D.C. and some time back, back home in the normal state of Kentucky. Uh, you know, what's your read on that? Yeah, I bet he runs. Uh, I, I bet it's it's the odds are, are pretty strongly favorable. Seventy five, eighty percent. He runs. Um, he really wants to run. The people around him want to run. And I think the the big challenge is if he doesn't run, you know, what's next? I, I don't think that uh, uh, most people think that uh, 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 Harris has has much of a chance. Um, and uh, you know, so so who would actually run if, if Biden doesn't run? But. But, you know, the noise keeps on growing louder. And, you know, you, you heard David, David Axelrod the other day uh, start questioning whether he should run. And uh, so I, I do think there is a real chance. It's a, it's a minority chance. But, uh, um, you know, I, I think the only person that uh, that Biden could beat is Trump. And, and uh, um, I think uh, uh, Trump is, uh, you know, is uh, the, the only and, and Biden's the only person Trump could beat. So it uh, it really gets to the point where if, if we Democrats could find a better solution, we would. It's just that how do we get there? Yeah, I mean, definitely watching the uh, the primary play out on our side is very interesting. Um, from your view, who do you think, you know, if not Trump, how do you break down the Republican primary? You know, if I had to bet, if, if it weren't Trump, and, and I do think it's going to be Trump uh, uh, pretty solidly, but if it, if not, it seems like Nikki Haley is is, is making some moves uh, to to mm-hmm. be in that spot. Should should Trump fail, and and uh, you know, DeSantis just did not uh, really rise to the occasion, and and uh, um, and uh, Tim Scott, who I like, uh, um, has just kind of uh, fallen into the background, and so. Uh, Nikki Haley seems to be the the the, the best alternative right now, but uh, you know it, it's hard to imagine it's not going to be Trump, given uh, you know how how well he does in the polls and how strongly the base feels about him. Yeah, I I agree with that. The Nikki Haley thing really surprises me. I thought she was you know early in, early out. I really thought I'm I'm with you. I really like Tim Scott. I'm a big fan. Um, I don't know if it, it's just like he ran out of gas or something. And then DeSantis, I don't know, DeSantis almost peaked before he ever announced. It was like he had all these great things. He was having great press conferences, doing these sort of outside-the-box things, kind of Trump without the bad attitude, you know, just kind of mm-hmm. like this yeah. is how it is. Um, but it's it's definitely no one's really putting up a big fight. Yeah, no, I... Uh... Yeah, I guess you never know what's going to happen with these uh, these lawsuits, and and um, and uh, you know conceivably there could be a, a conviction, uh, and uh, how does that change things? I, you know, in my opinion, try just makes them stronger. 
Um, so I, I, I don't see that pathway, uh, but, uh, but, you know, if there is a pathway, my, my bet would be on Nikki Haley. Yeah, I think it does look that way, which would be, you know, a good move for the Republican Party generally, but I don't know, you know, how it would play out in the end in the general election. So changing directions just a little bit, one of the things that Jonathan Miller has in his illustrious past is he co-founded a group called No Labels, um, a national organization that pushed pushed bipartisan solutions. And you, a fun fact, got to be on The Daily Show. Is that true? <laughs> oh yeah, it was. Uh, it was when uh, John Stewart was hosting it, and uh, I got to represent uh, uh, no labels, and uh, they thoroughly made fun of us. Uh, and uh, it was it was fun being the butt of the joke. Oh yeah, that sounds super fun. Although I will say, when I was working on the Hill and we were doing government waste type things, our goal was to get on the nightly comedy shows, and we made it on the Daily Show a couple times. We made it on, um, who was the other one with dark hair? I always forget the guy's name. Kind of looked like Bob Saget. But we made it on his show a few times, too. And it was like, this is how you know you're working on an issue that kind of breaks through to the ma- to the mainstream. Even if they are making fun of you. Hopefully, they're making fun of Congress. You know, not us. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, what is the status of the of no labels? And what is your view of sort of bipartisan solutions? Is there still a space for that? Yeah, you know, I I really do believe there is a, a space for it. I, I that's, you know, the no label set up this problem solvers caucus, and and, uh, uh, and uh, I think that uh, that group of Democrats and Republicans, you know, have have had some some small victories, and and uh, uh, you know, there was a lot of good work and, and bipartisanship when it came to infrastructure. Um, I, I don't support what no labels is doing and trying to come up with a third party candidate. I think that that just uh, plays into uh, 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 would, would hand victory uh, to, to Trump. And, uh, you know, again, I'm going to support Biden or whoever the Democrat is. Um, but um, uh, in terms of, you know, the work of getting Congress to, to be bipartisan, I, I think that it's, 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 it's critical and it's the only way we're really going to survive as a republic. Well, it'll be interesting to see, as you know, I worked on the Debt Commission 10 years ago under Obama, and I saw that the new Speaker of the House is proposing another one. And at first I thought, oh, this is kind of a bad idea. But now I'm kind of all in again on it because it's like, well, why not try again, you know? And certainly if we could get people from both sides to work on some solutions to the debt, I think that would be good for America. Yeah, no, it's it's desperately needed, and uh, you know, there, uh, Boehner and 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 Obama came close to some big compromise, but uh, it, it fell away, and uh, so close. It's going to take it's going to take uh, people, uh, um, you know, really putting their political careers at risk to to do that. But uh, you know, that's what leadership is about. I agree. Well, Jonathan, thank you for calling in. Thank you for the on the ground update from Kentucky and uh, congrats to you, even though it isn't who I would have voted for had I lived there. We love your breakdown. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, y'all. Well, that is a full hour. And when we come back, Elijah's going to give his optimistic view of last night's elections. Days when we 